The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, Constantine is back, Madam Web isn't, Riverdale is hot, and Outer Sue's in Borderland. More cuts at Netflix, The Return of the Creep, and Devil Land has Devil's Due. Also, doo-dah, doo-dah, set up the pens and bust out your shoes, because the major spoilers podcast is in the lanes. We've already got three turkeys, and we're on the air. Welcome to issue 995 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Diving into some manga territory this week, later in the show, Alice in Borderland, of course, uh, that is what the Netflix series is based on, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Everybody else is here, so why don't we just jump into some news? Whoosh. HBO Max has canceled plans for a Constantine series on the streaming platform. Once again, Ooh. cancel your HBO Max subscription, everybody. But Warner Brothers has given the go-ahead for a Constantine movie. Yay. It's a sequel what? starring Keanu Reeves. Oh, God. Yes, that Constantine movie. Uh, Francis Lawrence is back to direct the supernatural thriller uh, with uh, Akiva Goldsman writing and producing. The first Constantine movie was released 17 years ago and grossed over $200 million at the box office against a $100 million budget. Matthew, I'm sure you have uh, things to say about I, Constantine. Uh, movie. You know, there was a character when I was a child and Alderman Davis used to come in and he would tell people that he had very definite opinions. And I, I do because that movie was not good. Um, that's, that's, that's really the problem with this is that this is not a sequel for Constantine. Uh, and by the way, they pronounced it Constantine throughout the film. What this is, is, Hey, Keanu is super hot coming off of John Wick and resurrecting the matrix and all of this stuff. What else can we get Keanu to sign on to revamp and relaunch? And so, I've seen this movie three or four times and each time I just, I feel like I care a little less, but also, I mean, it's not, it's not the massive failure that, you know, internet idiots would like you to think it is. It's not a lol fail. No, movie. no, no. I mean, if you look movie. at, if you look at $200 million against a hundred million dollar budget, it certainly made okay. its budget back. The problem is it probably didn't make its printing and advertising back, which would have been at least right. another, 50 to $150 million for this movie. So that means that it at best broke even. And my guess is it's still on the books as a money loss for the studio. And it burned a lot of the goodwill around the property, you know, not like Howard, the duck level, but definitely damaged uh, Hellblazer and or Constantine as a, let's make a big movie person about it. And for me, the frustrating part is this comes out right on the heels of episode three of that Netflix Sandman series, which features um, Jenna Coleman from Doctor mm -hmm. Who yeah. as Lady Joanna Constantine. But they literally just tell the story from the comic that featured John the Hellblazer. They tell it perfectly straight right down to the girlfriend mm -hmm. and i mean it's it's like the most perfect Constantine story I've ever seen ever seen on television and now we're going to get more Keanu and just wow. Yeah. Well, everybody's excited about it. The internet won't stop talking. Yeah. It's earth 2005. I mean, I can, I can dig it, but 
Yeah, maybe maybe like Batman, uh, eventually John Constantine will become a a a plurality of of interpretations that you can then choose from and decide which one you like best. Because we've got like four different versions of Constantine. You've got the the TV series that was on the original Constantine uh, NBC show, then on Legends Mm -hmm. of Tomorrow. Same actor. You have technically the the same continuity. They do refer to things that happened. And they brought back John's boyfriend from that show Mm -hmm. in Legends of Tomorrow. You have uh, the Jenna Coleman version, as you already mentioned, Keanu Reeves version Mm -hmm. you already mentioned. And then you also have, and I don't know if it's the same actor on Legends of Tomorrow that does the voice of... Yes, Constantine on the, the animated series, but you've got the animated uh, movies, yeah. uh, the House of yeah. Mystery movies that feature him prominently in there uh, as well. So you've got plenty Wasn't of... Wasn't he in the Justice League Dark? Or am I yeah. thinking... Yeah, he's in the Justice League Dark Yeah, he was in the Justice League Dark animated. Mm-hmm. That, the DCAU, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's know. a whole different character as well. But again, very good. And be aware that if you're like, oh, I didn't know there were animated movies with uh, Constantine in there. Be aware that the Constantine movies are incredibly bloody and incredibly yes. graphic and be aware of that going in. Because if you thought that the blood and violence level in the Keanu Reeves movie was very high, this one like turns it up to like 15 and it's like, turns it up to it, 11. It's, it's pretty intense. So just be aware of that. All right, Matthew, what else we got? So, uh, you know that there have been delays in superhero movies in general, but also in the spider verse, they are now saying that the Madam Web film is getting pushed back. I think again, because I want to say that it was supposed to debut next summer, summer of 2023. Sony is now saying they're going to release Madam Web on October 6, 2023. That stars Dakota Johnson of Fifty Shades of Grey fame uh, as Madam Web with Sydney Sweeney from Euphoria, uh, Emma Roberts from uh, Eric Roberts, Tahir Rahim, Mike Epps, and Adam Scott, who I know from Too Many Cooks. Uh, also in the flick. And I'm like, all of you Madam Web fans, I know you're crushed, but you know, keep in mind, there's 12 of them. Patty is a close personal friend of mine. Here's here's the thing. I talked about this on Finally Friday. Ashley and I were talking about just movie delays in general, um, especially coming out of D23, that I think it is very... I understand why movie studios are coming out and saying, "Here's here's our movie lineups for the next 32... Uh, MCU uh, movies and here's the next 16 Star Wars things that you can expect and here's all the the Shazams and the Black Adams and the Batmans that are coming down the pipe and we've got all this coming and they they give specific years and months and days in some cases and it's great because it gets fans really worked up you mean I only have to wait until 2023 to see you know this movie and then 2023 rolls around and people are like oh man Madam Web is coming and they're like eh we're actually going to put that off until 2024 and then you do it one time and, you know, fans are like, okay, well, COVID, I, I can understand that. But you do it multiple times. And I really think pre-announcing exact dates for your movies is bad yeah, PR. It's bad it PR because it is, it's, it's going to backfire on you as a studio to the point where we look at these Marvel MCU movies and people are going to go, yeah, those movies aren't coming out uh, on those dates. No need to get excited about this. How about we just wait until the movie is actually in the theater? And I think that that right. I think that backfires from a PR perspective. Oh, I, I totally agree. And I think that your big problem is that when it comes to a movie like this, it also, I think, hurts the production because you've kind of locked yourself into a release date. And then you have like an Edgar Wright situation where somebody leaves Ant-Man or something bad happens with, say, your Ezra Miller 
when they're, you know, trying to be starring in your flash movie, real life is going to write your plot sometimes. So you're going to have, you know, not even just, you know, worldwide delays and breakdowns in all the systems that we've had in the last couple of years. You're just going to have points where we can't put this movie out right now because X strange thing happened and it's just it's too soon or it's too late or whatever is going on. Yeah, or it didn't uh, test right with audiences or anything. I'm I'm exactly. a big fan yeah. of, uh, you know, maybe tease it uh, six to eight months out once you know you've got it fully locked down and then uh, and then really hit the hit the um, advertising and the, the three months before the two months before and just leave it yeah. at that. But if it's like, here's the sizzle hype reel six years before the movie hits theaters, no one's going to give a care about it. You're yeah. going to have a five second blip on Twitter about it and then people are going to forget about it. Until you say, oh, remember when we said it was coming out in 2025? We actually meant 2035. Right. So. Now, do we know if she's playing the Cassandra Webb version or the Julia Carpenter so, version? Uh, here's the thing. Nobody mm. knows what the heck this movie is about. There's been <clears throat> no real log line. There has been no real um, uh, description of what the movie is, except that Madam Webb is the psychic, mysterious, magic-y Spider-Man person. That's yeah. all we know. Now, at least with Morbius, we can say, well, we know what a Morbius is, right? We know right. what it's a... More we, know what a bla- we know what a... Blade. Morbius has had his own series. Yeah. yeah. And so, but Madam Web has barely had anything in the comic books. If you go and read the AV Club um, website, they're like... They're like, no, this is not a this is not a Madam Web movie. This is a secret Spider-Man movie. And all of this stuff is just nonsense so that they can do a Spider-Man movie and then surprise you with a real Spider-Man movie. And their their argument is this movie doesn't even really exist, uh, which sure. I think is certainly a take to have on it. But no one really knows what Madam Web will be or which version <laughs> of Madam Web it is. So I guess we'll I, hope wait for I hope she's playing around. Cassandra Webb because Cassandra Webb is like. 85 years yeah. old and that's the suffers one that I from myasthenia gravis and that's the one can't that move. Do. Yeah. I want the one that's actually suspended in the spider webs and has her eyes blindfolded. Yeah. 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 That, that woman, Rodrigo, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, continue on with the bad news. Constantine, Madam Webb, Now one more. All right. Finally, this week, Amazon has announced it will not renew paper girls for a second Ooh. season on its streaming platform. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the show received positive comments from critics and viewers, but it was not a breakout hit and didn't make Nielsen's top 10 original streaming ranking for any of the three weeks after its July 29th premiere. While we won't see the show on Amazon, Legendary Television is shopping the show around uh, to other streamers. Which so basically we might see means it move. that, yeah, which basically means that Amazon doesn't have the rights to it and they could move it to another network Uh I hope for the best because I think that there was a lot of potential in that television show. They definitely I mean, left it on a cliffhanger that made you go, okay, what's going to happen next? Can't wait for season two. Um, Amazon, may I, have I don't, the, Amazon may not have okay. renewed the show because a lot of people, including me, mistakenly said it was on Netflix multiple times. <laughs> you did. I remember that. Multiple times. I was like, oh, no, this is a great Netflix series. Way well, to go, Netflix. I don't know. I don't know what your what you guys' algorithm is like, but I got nothing on yeah. Paper Girls. Like I was the only reason why I knew it was around is because I think my um what is it called? The my Google TV guy, uh, my Chromecast mm-hmm. um like had it up for a little bit, but I watch over the air TV and I also spend a lot of time on YouTube and I was, I never saw anything about 
paper girls. I mean, they spend a billion dollars on uh, rings of power. How can they be expected to spend anything on advertising a show about girls? Well, rings of power is also about girls. The main (laughs) character is Galadriel. Um, I did see something about it, but it's also, I have an 18 year old in the house who watches Netflix and prime and, you know, they just jump around and watch whatever the cool thing is. But I was, but that's what I'm I was, saying. Yeah. I watch TV like a 17 year old kid. Like the stuff <laughs> that I watch, I like. I watch like I've been watching Owl House. Yeah, wow. that's good. You know, isn't like, it? That's probably that's actually awesome. skews younger than that. Yeah, are, maybe that's you maybe that's Owl? why I didn't see anything about Paper Girls is because yeah. they're like, oh no, whoever's watching TVs in this house is actually too young for Paper Girls. Yeah, they're like, not over 17. If you like yeah. Owl House, Rodrigo, please watch Amphibia. Just watch I'm going to watch time. Amphibia. It's watch on the Amphibia. list. It is so good. Yeah. And then watch uh, Gravity Falls and Big City Greens. And then you will be in my, you will be in my world completely. Um, well, I've seen plenty of, of Big City Greens because it was, it oh, was right. on while, uh, while I was working at a particular uh, site. So okay. I, I watched a, yeah. a fair bit of it. So the thing cool. is, I don't dive into Amazon, the app, very often uh, on my streaming device, on my Apple mm-hmm. device. But every time I do, in the same way with Hulu, and Hulu's owned by Disney at this point, I find the Amazon Prime app and its navigation poor Difficult. at best. Yeah. Poor at best. I agree. It is a bad I, user interface. And so yeah. when, when I go in to look for something, it takes me a while. I was kind of keyed into Paper Girls when it was in production, when it was originally announced, when they said it was coming. I had seen the trailers and everything. And so I was very excited about it. But again... I forgot that it was on Amazon. I kept waiting for it to show up on Netflix until I was like, where is this again? I had to go and see it was on Amazon. Then I had to go and search for it on Amazon. I think it was the first weekend that it appeared, which is when I watched it. I remember seeing it on the front page of Amazon's app once. And so yeah. I don't think that they, they heavily promoted it. And of course, yeah, when you whenever, got people like me saying it's on Netflix, then, you know, that further yeah, complicates things. Yes, it's totally. Whenever I need something on the Amazon, I literally have to tell my remote the name i have to say blank amazon we just got finished watching the new season of making the cut because my family loves tim gunn um and you know literally to find it i had to tell the remote amazon making the cut and then it could find it yeah and it's just the only thing worse than amazon's is peacock's yeah, I've Ugh. stayed out of that one too. Peacock's I, I navigation is just horrific. So the my main services right now, uh, obviously I'm on the Apple uh, system. So I've got you know the Apple Plus. Um, I've got uh, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. Mm-hmm. What's another streaming one? Um, Netflix, Hulu. I think that's it. I did have HBO got Max. That, got got that Peacock. That. I don't have Peacock. I thought about show. getting into it only because it had Premier Ruby. League. Um, for mm-hmm. soccer, but then we, we talked about it. And it's like, well, we really don't need premier league cause we can find it in a bunch of other places. Uh, we had, you ESPN. got the Disney plus. Oh, we do have Disney plus. That's the other one. Uh, but we, yeah, we got the Disney plus and Hulu bundle and I think it throws in do. ESPN. Yeah. I need to do that. Cause we were on paying each one of those separately and then I canceled ESPN plus and then I, uh, Hulu, the price for Hulu goes up this month, next month. Maybe it just went up uh, a whole bunch. Uh, for the for the non-commercial version of Hulu. And so I'm probably going to cancel the Hulu and then go to Disney and say, what do I need to get these in a good bundle together? Because we still like watching soccer on on ESPN Plus. So, right. But yeah, it's um, Amazon is of of all the ones that I that I use. Hulu is probably the second most difficult 
one to navigate, yeah. but Amazon is really m- most pathetic. But mm-hmm. anyway, Paper Girls, Paper Girls. I like the show. I hope Paper you find girl. a new home. Paper Why Legendary girls. hasn't launched its own streaming service? I uh, scratch my head on that at the moment. It's tough. Anyway. Yeah. Dear listeners, you can join the conversation about all of these stories or more over on our Major Spoilers Discord server. You can join the Major Spoilers Discord server absolutely free. It doesn't cost you anything. That's what free means. The only thing it costs you is your (laughs) your effort, energy to click the button and sign up. And the cool thing is you get to join our Discord server for free. And there's all sorts of awesome people hanging out, waiting to have fascinating conversations with you. Whether it is about uh, Rings of Power, it could be about Paper Girls, it could be about video games or miniatures painting or toys or whatever it may be. You want to go and hang out with our awesome fans over on our Discord server. You can find the link in the show notes and you can find, I don't know what the uh, gifts are this week that people are using. I think it's cat gifts, although uh, they've branched off the main general channel to include a memes subgroup and they've been <laughs> dropping a bunch of stuff in there, but it does look like, yeah, cat gifts. Cat gifts are there waiting for you. And we've definitely had some new people show up in the last couple of days. So what are you waiting for? Go and check out our discord server. We are patiently waiting for you. We're, we're there with open arms. Come, come to us, dear listener who has not joined. Come. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's do some reviews. What do we have uh, this week? It looks like everybody is in line with uh, things going forward. So how about, I just had a conversation today about the CCA with my intro to electronic media class and how industries try to protect themselves from government, uh, censorship and control by self-censoring. And of course, we well, did simultaneously about... screwing with the creators they hate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Which we did bring up the, uh, EC comics, uh, which is perfect for a uh, creep show, Matthew. So what, what, what's uh, creep show is back and it's over at image comics. Creep show is back. And when we say back, we mean really in comics for the first time. Yeah, uh, because Creepshow is a movie. There was actually a quote-unquote graphic novel uh, released that I think adapted the Creepshow movie, but this is the first yes, I had that monthly. One. Yeah, I have it too somewhere. The first monthly regular Creepshow comic. And so here it is. Now, I want to preface this by saying, A, I'm a huge, huge old school EC fan addict. I love the EC books. I wish I could afford more of them. They are among the things that I just, I don't have the the money to play. I would honestly say, Matthew, if you're wanting to get those, maybe you have some of these. I think I have collections, collections, the collections that IDW puts out are really good. They're really nice collections. Yeah. Uh, Is it IDW? I think it's IDW that puts those out. I I may be thinking of dark horse that did the eerie and the creepies. Oh, Um, but yeah, I love EC. And Graham Ingalls, who is one of the most grotesque artists of the 1950s, is one of my favorites. So I say all this as preface to let you know that I am A, not a squeamish dude, B, a fan of horror comics, and C, not necessarily somebody who looks and goes, eh, that's too bloody, that's too gross, that's too weird. You know, we watched Final Destination movies when my kid was 12 or 13 because they were totally into it. You see people chopped in half. You're like, oh, that was a really cool effect. I want you to know something important about Creep Show number one, you guys. This is gory. This is horror-y. This is bleak black horror with some blood and some guts. And most importantly, unlike the old EC books, unlike Rod Serling's work, it does not have happy you know, endings where people learn a lesson and go on. This is horrific 
and I kind of loved it. Um, the, the two stories that we get, the first story is actually written and drawn by Chris Burnham. And uh, Burnham's story is a story of Halloween. It's three kids who are out trick-or-treating, one very young boy and two slightly older boys who goad him into doing something stupid, which may or may not bring into play the evil ghost of one of the wicked neighbors. And it features not only, you know, blood and gore and guts. It features a very graphic vomiting scene. It features, you know, eyes popping out and some things in there that I'm just like, man, was that almost a yard too far? And then they get to the ending. And the ending of this first story Man, if I thought it was a yard too far, the ending just doubles down, throws all the money on the table, shoves the pot into the middle, and says they've called. And I just, oh, I was so, so bad that I was happy. I hated that I loved that story. It's a real Gary Blauman issue. And then we get to the second story, which is written by Paul Dini, uh, a huge name in Stephen's life. He loves himself. Some never never heard this guy. Who? Who? Paul Dini. Uh, you know, Paul Dini, he wrote I Dream of Dini. Huh, you remember? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Owl so oh, there you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I know who you're talking about, Rodrigo. Sure. Thanks. Right. Sure. <laughs> With art by John McRae. Shut up. Okay. So here's the deal about this second one. The first one, I was like, boy, that was just a mean-spirited little poison pill, right? Uh, it also features a character dressed as Marty McFly for Halloween. So, I mean, this is just aimed directly at this might as well be called Creepshow, comma, Stephen Schleicher of Kansas. I don't like scary stuff. Oh, no, no, you should. This is this is for you. It's for you. The second story is just called Shingo. And boy, Shingo feels like an EC preachy, except... Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. imagine. Okay, so I want you to take a moment. I want you to think about an old school EC preachy. Yeah. And I want you to imagine it. Don't draw dick. Drawn by Dr. Seuss. Okay. Yeah. But co-written by the the team of Rod Serling and the guy who wrote the second Planet of the Apes movie. I can't remember his name. So imagine all of that and put that all together in your head, right? And say to yourself, Okay, what is that going to be like? And you're going to say, will I like that? And the answer is, yes, you will. Because it is just so, so dark, so mean-spirited. I mean, I've talked about uh, Image Comics Ice Cream Man, which is one of the few ongoing monthly horror anthologies right now. And I, the thing that keeps coming up when I talk about Ice Cream Man is it's a mean-spirited little book. It, I mean, when I get done with it... I feel like, you know, that book had a bite and it wasn't necessarily a friendly bite. And this story is just darkly funny and horrific and also features a character who goes from hilariously goofy to terrifying, like split second to the point where it's almost as though he's drawn by Chuck Jones. Okay, so it's drawn by Dr. Seuss and Chuck Jones. Okay, so yeah. Really, really a good five slices of meatloaf for creep show number one. Um, the movie, if you recall, also had really, really mean spirited stories and uh, a very early appearance by Ted Danson, who was like 12. 
So if you want to see a 12-year-old Ted Danson, go watch the movie. Then read Five Slices of Meatloaf in Creep Show number one. I don't want to spoiler it for you, you guys. I just want you to know this is really quality. Even if you don't like scary stuff. Actually, if you don't like scary stuff, don't read this. Never mind. I, I was going to try and tell you, but no, I'm sitting here going, I, you're just going to have to rock me to sleep tonight. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this is um, the Skybound Entertainment is its own thing, but it. Sky, yeah, Skybound all, is Bob, stuff Bob through, Kirkman. Yeah, it releases yeah. all its stuff through Image Comics, but they're. Yes. I don't know. The way that I see it and from their PR people's. It's a totally separate thing, but yeah, this is, I guess you could say this is image skybound is. Yeah. It's like, it's like top cow. I feel like very much top cow and skybound. And, but you know, back in the day, wild storm. Yeah. Where they're really all, they're not, you can't even really call them an imprint, but no, it's, they feel like, yeah, they feel like, you know, a classic vertigo to DC, Mm -hmm. but also without that corporate ownership. Yep. I always think of a skybound book as an image book, just because it's always got the big eye on the cover. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, that was creep show. Number one. Also continuing on with our spooky tales. Ooh. It's the chilling adventures presents weirder mysteries from Archie comics, uh, anthology series of strange paranormal happenings in the city of Riverdale. And, um, I'm very mixed on this because we get three stories in here. Uh, the first one is, um, Betty, uh, you know her from the other chilling adventures where she's Betty, the uh, monster hunter here. Mm-hmm. She is Betty, the monster hunter, but this time she's going after aliens because a UFO has crashed. And, uh, she knows that there's a, there were two dead, Ted, two dead bodies on the uh, ship, but there were three seats. So she and Archie are going out hunting the, uh, the missing alien and they go into pop's chocolate shop and are accusing everybody of who could be the alien until we find out the, uh, the real answer there. And that one is really good. It's probably the best uh, story of the three. Then there is a, um, oh crap it. What's the, uh, Alex, Alexander and Alexandria. Um, there's a story with her in it and it, which is mm-hmm. not very good. And you have to almost read it a second time to see where it's going. Uh, it's very much a twilight zone type story. I didn't care for it. And then the third story, I, to be honest, I can't even remember what it was about. I didn't find it to be that interesting at all. Um, so I come away from this with a very mixed bag of, on the one hand, the first story is stellar. And if all the stories had been that good uh, and that fun, then I think this would get a much higher uh, review uh, and much higher meatloaf rating from me. But I can only mm-hmm. give this like two and a half slices of meatloaf. Uh, like I said, first story is fantastic, wonderful. And as I read this, I was like, oh, so this is where they're going with this. This is going to be a lot of fun. And then I got to the uh, to the second story and I was like, oh, okay. This kind of makes sense. It's kind of forced. And then the third story, the ending seemed super, super forced uh, where you had to do a big stretch to get to the end of it. Um, so take it for what it's worth. If you like the chilling adventure stuff, then this is definitely something to check out. Um, it is three ninety nine, And if only one of the three stories is good, then it may feel like it's overpriced. But um, if you're looking for, if you want chilling adventure stuff, because we haven't really had much of it for the last uh, six years, this may be the best place to get it. Um, I wish I could say more great things about it, but unfortunately uh, I, I really can't. So I feel like two and a half is probably being about as generous as I can with chilling adventures presents weirder mysteries. It is out this week from Archie comics, which is, you know, a little disappointing. I don't know. 
Uh, Rodrigo, you're jumping a couple of weeks ahead into October. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that Image Comics has been kind of hyping. Uh, we've got several uh, sneak peeks of this on our website. It is Dark Ride number one. Yeah, let's all do spooky comics today. Yeah, uh, Dark Ride number one is also a Skybound book, uh, but published by Image. Um, <laughs> it is the story of a park. A park called Devil Land. So imagine if people were super into horror stuff and there was a Disneyland for being scared. That's what it's Devil Land is. It's all death after all. Yeah. So Yeah, you know when you go to the to the fair and um you go on the like the spooky haunted house ride or whatever. It's like that, but with like ten times the budget, right? The same way that Disneyland is actually like you know, carnival rides and dark rides and things like that, but it it tends to look a lot better. Uh, so uh, this is both the story of the creator of this place um, and also what is currently happening there. Um, and what is happening is spooky for you see, there was a murder. A murder? And when... Uh, the murderer went to bury the person that was murdered. A voice came out from the grave and was like, hey, kid, you want to make a deal? And then it's like, dun, 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 cut to the present. And we're starting to see the uh, the effects of that deal. It's pretty interesting. Uh, the art by uh, Andre, Andre Bresson. Bresson? I don't know. Um, is really good. If you've read uh, Birthright... Um, I think he's the guy that does that. Uh, this is interesting because it's like very current day modern stuff, but also there's kind of three things going on, right? You have normal looking people, you have sort of like scary demonic stuff that's in the background right now, but we've gotten some looks at it and it looks very cool. And also because it's a theme park, there are like goofy looking like devil characters around like mascot type stuff you know like mm-hmm. you would have like you would run into goofy at disneyland yeah, kind yeah. of stuff yeah mm-hmm. um so the design on those is pretty good it's cute it's creepy and of course once you start seeing the creepy stuff happen more and more it just like those same designs just get creepier right uh i really enjoyed it I'm going to give it four slices of meatloaf. I'm looking forward to what comes next. Um, yeah. Uh, when October rolls around and spooky stuff is all over the place, uh, take some time to look at Dark Ride number one. I do like that this time of year, everybody is just like, hey, let's get our horror comics yep. out. Yep. And you get and the, earlier and earlier, too, just like everything else, right? The moment, like, it's like September... Yeah, roll, first rolls around and it's like yeah the first the first leaf falls from the tree it's like horror horror seasons here everybody get yep. your horror Ooh, comics out like get pumpkin spice pumpkin and spice. halloween yep yep, yep. Uh, i mean i love the season it's my favorite time of the year um but I'm, i just get tickled where it's like everybody has a horror comic which is good but i kind of i wonder should we have like horror comics all year round i mean we did have uh archie zombies and we yeah. were i don't know for i mean ice six cream months man now, is- ice cream man 
for the last six months or so, we've had DC versus vampires and DC versus uh, zombies. Uh, DC well, deceased and literally DC versus uh, vampires as series. Well, so. presumably, you know, most of these comics you hope are going to be monthlies, right? Mm-hmm. So all all that's going on is they're getting kicked off in uh, in Halloween times to sort of ride that wave, and after that, presumably that should carry you at least through Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Chilling Adventures is a one shot. Creep Show. I think it's a five a, issue. It's been solicited as an ongoing, but oh, okay. I don't know if that means ongoing. Uh, and you then I mean? um, Dark Ride is also a limited, a limited. Yeah, series. it's a limited. Yeah. So yeah, uh, get it, get it while you can. Uh, also, you can get it in trades. Also, you can get these uh, comics via our Amazon link over at uh, in the show notes. Uh, it'll take you over to the Amazon website. We get a little back, and when I mean a little, I mean literally like pennies on the dollar. Uh, anytime you make those purchases, but a little bit helps and, uh, it all goes to, uh, making sure that this show continues week after week and month after month. Uh, and I do want to thank everyone who took the time to download and listen to this week's show and all the shows on the major spoilers podcast network. We don't have any new patrons this week, which is concerning because we did have several people canceled, but, uh, we do have a deal going on right now when you sign up for a full year. So that's one of the things that you can do over at patreoncom slash major spoilers. Uh, instead of paying monthly, if you want to just pay a full year in advance, you can do that. And we've got an 8% discount, which is essentially paying for 11 months and getting a one month completely free. And with Drifters back and a bunch of other things that are that are going on over on our Patreon page, now's a perfect time to join up, especially at the producer level. A lot of our producers uh, on the producer level sign up for the year uh, in advance and the new Torque t-shirts are in production right now. So uh, this week is a perfect time for you to giant join us over at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. And when you do sign up, we will give you a shout out right here in this part of the show. And we want you to join our growing community. So what are you waiting for? Become one of our superheroes at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Boom, booty, boom, boom. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I don't know. La, so la, I'm going to put la. this, I'm going to put this right here. As a little, hey, heads up, things that we're doing with some Patreon integration. If you are over at the Major Spoilers website, I'm going to attempt this week to put the Major Spoilers pre-show over on the Majorspoilers.com website. That is, and I'll put this in quotes, supposed to unlock (laughs) if you are already a patron or if you decide that you want to sign up and become a patron. You can click on the button that says uh, access this post via your Patreon uh, page, pledge, whatever. And you're supposed to be able to access it. I've been having some difficulty with this, even though the the uh, plugin people are like, no, this is exactly how it's supposed to work. So we're going to try it this week and see if it actually works or not. Um, we'll keep our fingers crossed. If it crossed. doesn't, hey, congratulations on hearing this for free before Steven takes it. Uh, no, it actually, <laughs> you, won't be, you won't be able to hear it for free. Uh, but you'll be like, well, I keep clicking on this button and nothing is happening. Oh, uh, nothing That's happens. That's probably yeah, more sure. the thing that will happen. Sure. Or... I've already a patron and I'm clicking on this, but when I click on it, I don't see what I'm supposed to be seeing. So right, that's, right. that's the problem that we're having with it, but we're trying to get some tighter uh, Patreon integration with the major spoilers website. So you're just not like, where's all this stuff at? What am I looking for? You'll be able to see, right. Hey, the pre-show blink. And the other thing that I could do if that doesn't work is I could just say, Hey, if you would like to, uh, you know, pay $5 right now, or probably a dollar right now to get access to this, click on it, get it, get the pre-show. Uh, this week on the pre-show, we talked uh, about a spooky uh, show on HBO Max. We talked about a um, uh, a nice little uh, John Favreau movie, 
and we talked uh, Cyberpunk. Uh, what what is it called? Uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Edge Runners. Yeah, Edge Runners. We talked a little bit about <laughs> that in the pre show this week. Movie film for theaters. Yep. Yeah, 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 and also some other things. Uh, also, what what we're what old people are incorporating into their diet these days. So there you go. That's true. Yeah, you can get all that when you become a patron over patreon.com slash major spoilers. And don't say we never gave you nothing. <laughs> also, also, I should point out now that we're doing this right now, uh, when you are a gold VIP member at the gold level or higher, I should say, uh, every month I sit down with uh, with everyone and kind of tell you what's going on behind the scenes at major spoilers. Talk about, you know, kind of what we're doing, some of the game plans, some of the theory, philosophy, etc. And I also spend a lot of time answering questions from our patrons. Uh, the next VIP live chat happens this Saturday at nine, nine o'clock AM central time. So it's bright and early in the morning and it's on our discord server. So when you become a patron, you unlock secret channels on the uh, discord server, including those exclusive for our patrons. And I'll just pop in there. We do an audio chat and um, I'll spill the beans on a bunch of stuff, including what's going on with this Patreon thing. And probably something you heard at the very beginning of the show and said, huh, that's happening now. Yeah, it's it's definitely happening now. And I'll talk about that this weekend, Saturday, for um, the VIP live chat. And then, I guess, one other promo plug. Friday this week, uh, Ashley and I will be sitting down and doing a one-question Friday where uh, we're going into the Finally Friday Discord channel. And we are picking one question, and we're going to spend the entire Finally Friday talking about that. Uh, there have been a couple of questions submitted already, which are very good contenders. But we'd like to see a few more questions Uh uh, show up there so that we have a nice plethora of questions to choose from. So get over there, ask a really good question. And uh, that may be the topic for this week's finally Friday, which is on our Twitch channel, Twitch TV, uh, twitch.tv slash major spoilers. That show happens live four thirty PM central time. So a lot of things going on besides just the major spoilers podcast. Uh, and that's why we say if you enjoy this show or all the shows in the major spoilers podcast network, because we certainly got a lot of them. So anyway, mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, good thing. Good times. Things are really moving. Things are really moving and hustling. I'm, uh, more busy now than ever before. We just launched our, um, just in time for Halloween, Rodrigo, we launched our, uh, Dunwich horror, uh, audio Dr. Bradley will, which has been going very, very well. Uh, apparently it is the number one, it's the number one, uh, audio book podcast in like Brazil or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just like, Oh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, but that's a lot of fun. That should, conclude on halloween so we kind of timed that out just right so you can listen to the whole thing on halloween you can listen to the whole thing on halloween or uh, you can listen to uh, brad and i talk about hp lovecraft uh, on halloween as well because we're going to do a special uh, wrap-up episode on the uh, the dunnage horror so you can go find that on apple Podcasts or wherever uh, we post shows which is everywhere okay let's talk alice in borderland volume one we are diving back into the Manga World as distributed by Viz Media. So we're looking at the digital version of this. Mm -hmm. This is a story about three kind of, I don't want to say they're slackers and I don't want to say they're losers, but they are certainly kids that have gone adrift in life and are struggling (laughs) to kind of figure out uh, what they want to do, who they want to be, and certainly living up to or not living up to the standards put upon them by their elders and sometimes their, their other family members that are younger than them. And uh, one night, um, Roy, what is his name? Rehai? Rehai? Rioho? Rioho? Arisu is also what they call him a lot of times. 
Yeah. He's like, man. Ar- Ar- Arisu is his name. His last name is Rohe. Uh, Arisu says, man, I just wish that we could go live in a world where we could do whatever the heck we want. And <laughs> fireworks go off. And the next thing they know, they are in a parallel world or what appears to be a parallel world. And it feels like all their dreams have come true. Only problem is this is a world that is not populated by anybody. Uh, you know, it's basically what happens if everybody were di- to disappear for 10 years, what would Tokyo look like or what would Japan look like? And then slowly they start to discover other people and they discover that there is a game that they get to participate in. I guess get to participate in as part of the uh, part of the horror of this book series. But uh, if you don't play the game right, you're going to die. If you do play mm-hmm. the game right, uh, you get a little reprieve and you may also get a playing card. And... um a little spoiler alert for those of you who have not read ahead or have not watched the Netflix series. Supposedly, if you collect all the cards in the deck, that's how you get home. Mm-hmm. So there's a point where uh, one of the players in the game uh, finds these dead bodies and searches the bodies for all these cards. And it's like, aha, now I have all of these cards. I'm getting closer to victory. But in the meantime, I either have to kill people or have to solve puzzles or whatever I have to do. And uh, we only get to see, is it two games in this one? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's yeah, only yeah. two games in this first one, in this first volume. And uh, they they are pretty scary games. First game is uh, you get to pick a fortune and there's a puzzle in it. Uh, but uh, then it asks you to solve a math problem, which, you know, Matthew would be dead instantly. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, me no. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't, you don't know. No, 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 uh, no. But yeah, it'll ask you like a really complex math question and depending on how off you are. So if the answer is 18 and the answer is really 13, it'll fire five flaming arrows at you. Or right. the last question that they are asked is what is the population of earth? And uh, you can be, uh, I guess they, they gave you within a hundred thousand uh, accuracy on that. And so yeah. they're like, oh, it's uh, got to be like 6.8 million. And the answer is like, no, it's 6.9 million, which means like, or billion, sorry, which means 100 yeah. million flaming arrows are coming your way. <laughs> they have to <laughs> run away from those flaming arrows. One of the kids gets hit. Um, hundred billion. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, uh, it's, it's a- and then the second game is it's called Tag, and you have to run away from a guy who's uh, trying to kill you with a machine gun, and you're trying to find the, the safe space in this apartment complex. So it's mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people die in that one. Yeah. It's horrifying. What'd you think? Plus, there, Matthew horse mask. Yeah. Horse mask. Yes. Horse. Every mask. time horse mask showed up, I could, all I could see was Will Wheaton watching I hockey. I can't remember. I can't remember if in the TV series, if it's a rubber horse mask or if it's more like a, you know, like a beheaded creature horse with a horse's head. head. No, no, no. It's not a creature with a horse's head because just like oh, in okay. this one, um, the person that is shooting everybody, he's also playing the game, but his game is to kill right. everybody before the time runs out. Everybody else has to uh, get to the uh, safe zone before time runs out. So they're actually playing against right. one another in that. And that's how it played out in the TV series. But I couldn't remember if it was like a bloody horse's head or if it was just like one of those dopey target heads that you get for Halloween. Right. But that one, uh, that, that one is know. very in, uh, intense uh, action in that, in that. I had always heard this referred to kind of in the same breath as Battle Royale. Yes. And it's really, Mm -hmm. it's really not tonally. I mean, I I can definitely see the point of 
oh, yes, these are young teenagers and they might die. I definitely see the point and I definitely see, you know, the parallels to this. And the other parallel that I keep hearing was Squid Game. Yes. Um, so I, I can definitely see that. But I also feel like this is kind of its own beast. And it's really interesting. It's really weird to me that the characters are like right around 18. And one of them actually is a bartender, which I think means he's over 18. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like, you know, and of course I haven't read battle Royale. I've seen the battle Royale movie where it's like 27 year old girls playing 16 year old girls killing each other. So, you know, I feel like the, the parallels there to the story aren't necessarily the important takeaways for me of this. And I, I just, I went through this whole thing and I'm like, what I really remember are just momentary, like nightmare images or, you know, flash sequences where you're like, Hey, that moment where they're all talking about, Oh, we're almost out of school. What are we going to do? And then all of a sudden, you know, the fireworks display turns into what looks like a meteor strike. That was gorgeous. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then, and then stuff started happening. And I just, I keep, you know, locking in on just little, bits and pieces and images and you know i hate to say it but there's a sequence where you know the i can't remember her name but the pretty pretty girl is like bathing and it's this really well done shot like you know the the shots that you oh, get in an 80s movie of where we can't show you anything yeah no that that is definitely something that pops up in this book because one of the kids is definitely a, a horny perv and so there's <laughs> a lot of horny perv stuff that goes on so you see some uh very risque imagery at time you, uh, you always have to have you have to have the horny little weirdo in in these kind of stories and Chota takes that role here but i also feel like even that it doesn't necessarily feel like we're dealing with the regular list of characters because sometimes you'll get in there and here's our here's our designated hero character here's our designated stoic tough guy here's our designated you know weird little creep and this doesn't necessarily feel like that. To me, it felt more nuanced and more like impactful on kind of a, a tonal, you're going to be creeped out way. Like sometimes if you watch a horror movie, you get like jump scares, right? It's like, yeah. uh, and you know, you're being manipulated. And other times you just sit there and everything just makes you unhappy and nervous. And it's a, it's a different viewing or reading experience. And this was more the second for me where it was like, kept building and building and then they're right. like a hundred million the, arrows. Yeah. I think the thing that makes this unnerving and scary is the fact that all of these people have been abducted, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's been some kind of time dilation because while everybody supposedly was uh, taken on the same day, a lot of these people have been here for much, much longer than everyone mm -hmm. else. Um, and then this idea that these games that you're supposed to play look innocent, but are, can be super, super deadly at a moment's notice if you don't pay attention. And so I can see mm -hmm. where, and as I read this, I was like, oh yeah, I can see where people can compare this to Squid Game because, uh, granted, Squid Game came much after this. Squid Game is Korean. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Japanese. Uh, so there's, you know, there's differences in there, but, um, and I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a, there's a reason why all of these people have been brought here. Mm-hmm. And it's not as some kind of weird punishment like we've seen in Creepshow right. or we've seen in Dark Ride or we've seen in Chilling yeah. Adventures Presents. It's not like, oh, you made this wish. Now here's the horrors of your wish. It's something that right. is 
once you find out, you're kind of like, whoa, that's that's evil. Yeah. Um, Squid Game was about adult anxieties. It was about, mm-hmm. you know, having enough money to support people or take care of your family. This is definitely about teenage anxieties. Well, and just being that, able to just being able to survive. Even harder. Just yeah. being able to survive. And and it's unfortunate that this first volume is only goes into the first two games because the games after this volume get much more intense and much more serious. And they kind of explain it like you know, um, diamonds mean this heart means love clubs means athletic or, you know, whatever they are. Um, you know, and so each one, each time you go into a game, hoping that you're getting the next card that you need, the higher up the card in the stack, you know, once you get up to like a king of, of, uh, I forget which one is the killing one, the spades maybe. But, um, when you get up to that level, that's one of the hardest games that you can compete in. And you know that you're going to have to kill people. And so mm-hmm. throughout this series, people are really pushed to their limits about, you know, what are, what can you do and what are you willing to do? Right. And so it's like, Matthew, would you ever kill somebody? And Matthew might mm-hmm. sit there and go, well, no, I would never kill anybody. But if I it was not. life and death, or if it was a matter of, you know, you being chopped up by a, a laser or being blown up by a grenade or somebody else doing it, you might get to the point where you're like, you know what? Screw the other guy. I need to survive. And yeah. that's where this, this series kind of kind of falls into at times Lord of the flies territory. I you don't get that. You don't get that in volume one, unfortunately, but as the series no. goes on, it definitely feels like at times it goes into Lord of the flies territory. Yeah. The King of spades, uh, the King of spades is the, the one that is definitely, you're going to be forced to kill, but also yeah. the queen of hearts stuff, um, which, probably has that whole you know it has the whole drug fueled element to it too which is an entirely different trope to play with but yeah Rodrigo what'd, yeah. You, what'd you think I thought it was okay um <laughs> I I had a little trouble uh getting in on the characters yeah mm-hmm. because it's like I, I get it you know, you, when you're a teenager, your emotions are very strong and and things are difficult. But I'm like, man, these these kids are whiny. Um, <laughs> and it's like, uh, unfortunately, uh, they are either currently or on their way to fit into these archetypes, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm reading this and I'm like, well, I guess... The one interesting thing about Arisu is that he's a shonen protagonist who actually doesn't have any sort of like weird special talent, you know, until the game starts. And then we see his weird special talent. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Designated hero. Yeah. So uh, it is interesting that there's a character kicking around who is like, I intend to be the protagonist. And I'm like, you're not doing a good job of it. (laughs) <laughs> um, so it's like you you're you're definitely too far ahead of everyone else to be the protagonist mm-hmm. um but so so that is interesting to me is they are sort of playing in a space of like you know these 
these games aren't natural, right? It's not like they're in a jungle where there's animals chasing them mm-hmm. or whatever. You have to choose to enter a game. The games happen in specific places. So that all is interesting to me as you start to sort of unravel what the deal is with the games. Um, but as far as like the individual characters, uh, you know, I, I kind of immediately was like, oh, yeah, there's a like here's the 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 best character is the guy that dropped out of school and started a bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, right. Why do we keep following a different guy? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I. I can't remember what happens to all of, all of the characters going forward, but eh, mm, maybe the person that you think's the lead won't won't always be the lead, and vice versa. Um, sure. Kind of hope it, not. It it goes in it goes places, especially from the TV show. It, it goes in some very interesting places. The thing that we haven't really talked about is the fact that you're once you accidentally stumble into the game, mm-hmm. you're in the game. Right. So right. Uh, if you win a game, you are given a, a pass uh, that says, OK, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to play any of the games. You can just hang out. Uh, you don't you won't be forced or compelled to play any of the games for however many days. And then based on the um, the level of difficulty, that could be how many days you get. So in the first game that they play, it's a three of clubs game. They have three day. They have a three day pass to do whatever they want. If mm-hmm. they do not on on midnight or whatever the night is of the third day, if they have not started a new game, uh, laser beam comes from outer space and blows your head off. Hmm. Yeah. So if you don't want to die, you got to keep playing. Uh, but yeah, there right. are some people that, you know, there's one guy that uh, Risu beats early on. It's like, I can't take this anymore. I give up. And he lets his pass expire. And sure enough, all these laser beams come from out of the sky and kill everybody on in the city that, uh, that didn't participate in the game. So yeah, it's, uh, it gets crazy. I wouldn't say that it gets as intense or I, w- I should say it doesn't get as graphic or as bloody as uh, battle Royale does because Brad battle Royale mm-hmm. is just like, how depraved can we make these people? Uh, right. at least in Alice in borderland from everything that I've read and seen, everybody is trying to be civil, but they also know that at some point I'm going to have to turn on, my best friend, my girlfriend, my husband, whoever else is in this game with me uh, mm-hmm. to survive, which I guess is also, I didn't watch much of uh, squid game, but that also seems to be yeah. a thing, right? Uh, yeah. On the, in the basic level. Yeah. The, the squid game is actually uh, very similar in some ways to the, the way this is assembled. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, the play or, you know, you have to play or else you die anyway. Yeah. So yeah, there's there are definite similarities here. I don't know if there was a direct influence. Uh, I kind of feel like there may be something else out in the atmosphere, whether it be battle royale or something that even influenced that. That may be seeping I mean, into all of these works. You know what I mean? I mean, there's saw, right? True. I mean, but I mean, it's like, like <clears throat> it's not the same thing. But there are like at the crux of this is mm-hmm. um you are forced to make hard decisions right yeah um and so that that's something that for example if you've watched like the hunger games which people have compared to battle royale it's something that is really not part of it i mean it is to a certain degree there are some gambles that pay off or don't pay off right um but at least in the movie, because I haven't read the book. 
so this this is actually again something that's more like saw or more like um yeah just a, a story where you know it, if you remove the fact that the characters are moving around and playing these games it's like you have you have two options you can either die or kill someone else right yeah so that stuff's been around for a while, right? It's yeah. like from everything from like creepy pasta to yeah, um, like the button. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, the button's a really good example. Oh yeah, that. yeah, that uh, is an excellent the, example. The story came out what in like sixty something. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's yeah. at least that old. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking here. Battle Royale, of course, came out in 2000 uh, in the mm-hmm. manga form. Saw came out in 2004. Uh, according mm. to the director of uh, Squid Game, uh, Battle Royale certainly had an influence on on uh, sure. the TV show. So there's that. So yeah, I think people look at. I mean, the button is, I think, a fascinating story. Not as fascinating a movie. Although the movie's fine, it's not going to. It obviously didn't win any awards. Um, right. But um, I think we look at Battle Royale and people are like, holy crap, this is, you know, what, you know, what happens when you force people to do these things? And of course, then you see mm-hmm. Saw and you're like, oh, look what happens when you force people to do these things. I think that all of those things do kind of build up to Alice in Borderland, which came out in 2010. So this is 13 years old uh, from the original publication. Um, right. And I, th- I don't know. I think there is something, I don't want to say morbidly fascinating, but there is something mm-hmm. fascinating a- about forcing people to make life or death decisions and seeing which way they go. Yeah. I feel like morbidly fascinating is exactly, exactly the right phrasing. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, like, uh, you see this, it it is, there's something about it that is like extremely like it, it just like, that's our, our brains buzzing. Right. And and you see this in like regular anime, right. It's like, Mm -hmm. Um, there's a character who like gets trapped, like his leg gets trapped somewhere or his arm gets trapped somewhere and everybody else has to leave. And then later on they come out and they fight and they're like missing an arm, right? They chopped on off their own arm so they yeah. could come and fight with their friends yeah. or whatever. It's like, we love that. Yeah. Like people yeah. love that. That's, that's like, it, it immediately turns the character into a badass. Like there, there's just like so many things. And there are like all these little tropes that in, regular action uh media and uh regular uh, like anime that's not like this and and uh, manga that's not like this uh you get every once in a while but this is all about it right this is all about sort of like those choices and like do we do we make the choice of sticking together do we try to go on it uh, on our own it's it's kind of at the at the core of all yeah. of this yeah did so so are you guys interested in either reading more or, or experiencing more of this story? The main reason that I would be interested in more, uh, and I, this is going to sound harsher than I want it to sound is that at the end of these, what? 320 odd pages, 390 pages or however many, yeah, whatever it is. We've gotten to the point where we're just finally assembling the things. You know, we finally get to a point where character shows up and he's like, oh, my name is Chishayo. And I'm like, yeah, your name is Cheshire. Shut up. 
you know, and you, <laughs> you've gotten to the point where you've really, you know, beaten us with this Alice in Wonderland kind of uh, theming, but it hasn't really gone anywhere yet. And I yeah, want to see. That's my biggest frustration, too, is by the end of this volume, I really expected more of the character and character development to happen, which right. probably doesn't happen until you get done with uh, three, maybe volume four. No, it's like five, six hundred chapters long. So, you know, you have to read this series every week for 17 years before you get any of that. But and again, you know, that is not me complaining. I shouldn't say it like that because that makes it sound snotty like I'm trying to say monthly comics are better. No, but but I think that 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 is the problem, though, right with this is that you do have to. And I don't feel like this this volume that we're given feels padded. Maybe a little yeah, this bit. This volume moves moves okay. Yeah, it moves okay, yeah. but this is something that you're reading weekly in a lot of cases, and so mm-hmm. there's a good chance that we've seen newspaper strips where they pad out the story or they draw something True. out way longer. This doesn't feel like that, but I also feel like by the time I got done with this first volume, I was left unsatisfied. Yeah, it moves pretty briskly. I just feel like, you know, sometimes we'll get a collection where. It's back in the old days before everything was written for six issue arcs, but they still cut it into a six issue arc. Mm-hmm. And the story is actually like nine issues. So when you get to that second version, it's the last three issues of that. And then three issues of something entirely different, kind of like the way they, they collect Astro city thematically rather than, you know, yeah, by um, the issues yeah. chronologically by the way they mm-hmm. came out. And that does come into play. And I feel like on the, on the, the, in the case of this volume specifically, I feel like it moves pretty quickly and it moves so quickly that it feels like I'm reading a collection of what feels like the first three issues of a six issue arc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, 350 odd pages, gorgeous pages. I mean, yeah, very, very, very nice art. I'm enjoying the art. I was not super excited about the art, um, mainly because. Here's a character that is drawn very uh, highly detailed. And here's a character that looks like a squiggly. Um, I'm not a big fan of mixing that, that with their characters. I understand why they do it. Um, But the other thing that really is frustrating to me, especially reading this in a digital format is same problem that we've had with uh, my hero academia, where their splash page actually takes up a page and a half of a two page spread. And so if you're reading this digitally (laughs) and you're reading it one page at a time, you're like, okay, here's something happening. And then you turn the page, the digital page. And it's like, oh, here's the other part of the image that actually gives the context of what's going on. I find that <laughs> frustrating. And I'm not a big fan. Of yeah. That. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and that's, you know, that's a collection problem that sometimes yeah. people did not think about these things before they actually. Yeah. Rodrigo, what about you? Is this something that you are interested in exploring more of? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if we, if we read more. But it's you know I'm not super interested. Like I said, I'm I I had trouble getting into the characters. Like I don't I don't necessarily want to follow these characters and their adventures. So you know mm. if you've read ahead, so if they all immediately die well, and we get a bunch of new characters, I'd be okay. No, there are it. some character there are some characters that I will say that you are sure. expecting to live and survive that don't. Sure. Um, so I don't want to spoil too much. What I was going to suggest is that you guys go and check out the first season of the Netflix show. Because sure. the essentially the first two episodes are this volume. And okay. I think it's 10 episodes. I want to say eight to 10 episodes on Netflix. And so you go way deep into the story and you get to meet the different factions and you get to meet the, the broader mystery of what's going on in this. 
And my wife and I, uh, she didn't like watching it. She doesn't like stuff that becomes overly gross at times. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple of times in this where, obviously, there's people that are losing an arm or a leg or a body or, you know, a city block. Uh, And she didn't care for that. But, she, (laughs) you know, she sat there and and watched it. Um, Season two is supposed to come out in December of this year. So I feel Mm -hmm. like this is about the closest we've been able to do in the last three years to actually nailing a release date with a a comic book trade that we're doing. Uh, Yay, we got it right. And we're, and we're still two, three months early. So, uh, I, I enjoyed the Netflix series. Uh, obviously it's an import from Japan. Uh, but I, but I enjoyed that a lot. And I think if, if people are interested in our discussion of it, I might suggest going and watching the Netflix series before you read the manga. Although it's almost a direct adaptation, uh, only Mm. because this first volume feels like you're, you're missing so much and that you want more. And at 1999, I can't say go buy the first 10 volumes at 190 bucks so that you right. can uh, experience what is in the first season of, of the show and, um, and, and, and see better, tighter character integrations than, than what we see in the manga. That would, so that's this kind is, of, this is 20 bucks. Yeah. A single volume is 20 bucks uh, 19, on the Viz, okay. the Viz site, 1999. Mm. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's 300 pages. I mean, that's something to keep oh, in yeah. mind. Sure. Um, so you I don't, you don't pay for pacing. You pay for no, like, no. And that is the one thing. Art, basically. I forgot how long this first volume was, and I opened it up on Sunday. I was like, ah, crap, 390 pages. And then an hour later, I'm like, wait, did I just do 390 pages? Because yeah, a lot of I, it is reactions, actions, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I had that same thing, except that that was today. And I was like, oh, no. uh so bottom line for you guys uh buy it skip it borrow it matthew it's a borrow for me i mean i feel like again as and i say this a lot if this feels like or if this is something that you know is your jam absolutely this is a good example of this type of manga and i feel like it really doesn't fall although rodrigo disagrees with me and that's cool too it doesn't necessarily fall into the here are the designated roles for these guys. Although by the end of the chapter, maybe it kind of is. And, you know, we do by the end of the chapter that we're reading here, meet the character whose name is, is rabbit. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, is she wearing white? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to see who shows up and ends up being the queen of hearts, definitely it's a, it's a borrow for me. And then once you've read this and you feel like, can I commit to 20 bucks a collection? It, would definitely be worth picking up. This guy's really interesting as a creator. Yeah. Rodrigo, final thoughts? Yeah, definitely a borrow from me. Um, no, don't borrow it from me because I'm not buying it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the art is good. Uh, the um, There's like a lot of times when the characters are talking about it and you see like displays or like um it's like you can see they'll, they'll show you a kind of like a blueprint of the building and where every character is uh-huh. in a building and yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. that stuff is interesting yeah. formally this is this is a perfectly good book but i couldn't get into the characters yeah so uh definitely uh borrow it from a friend or the library or your friendly librarian and mm-hmm. uh that, that that would be what i would do i say watch the netflix series the book's fine mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with the book um, 
I just think that we're not getting enough for your enough bang for the buck in, in this case. It does move very fast. It doesn't feel like it's padded, uh, but it is a very quick read, and I think you get more out of the Netflix series. So, at the very least, I would suggest uh, Rodrigo and Matthew go and look at the trailer because yeah. the trailer you will watch it and you'll go, "Oh, this is right out of the comic book," and so you will see, <laughs> you know, that they're. And that's one of the things that I like about these adaptations is it's. Uh, we saw this with Demon Hunter and what was the other one that we did recently where it's like, oh, no, I watched the the anime or I watched the uh, uh, the live action and then read the manga. And it's like, oh, it's this is like lifting it right out. And and, and they do a really good adaptation of that. Um, I, I like that. But for me, I don't think I want to read a whole lot more of the um, the series unless, of course, season two of. Uh, of Alice in Borderland isn't satisfying. And I'm like, I must know what happens next. Then I might dive into all 50 volumes or however many volumes of this there are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So keep that in mind. All right. Anything else, Rodrigo, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me at fearsome critter on Twitter. And uh, also nowadays I'm uh, live streaming once a week. You can go to twitch.tv slash L uh, and find me there as well. <laughs> and Matthew, where can people find more of you? People can find me at, uh, wait, is it Mighty King? Yeah, at Mighty King Cobra on the Twitter. I also need to ask people a special favor since I'm now not working, working on Tuesdays. If you can like hassle me on Tuesday and remind me to come on the internet and do entertaining things for you at lunchtime, that'd be great. All right, oh, that wraps up for this that. issue. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> if you found value in this show, and that's the thing that we are most interested in, is if you found value in the show, we would love for you to join us over on our Patreon page and give a little value back. Hopefully, equal, equal. So if you found that this show was worth uh, $2 of your value, then uh, sign up at the $2 level. If you thought that this was a $5 show, then sign up at the $5 level. If you think that everything we do is awesome, become a producer. Get yourself a Torque t-shirt coming out uh, very soon. Um also included, as I mentioned earlier, the Major Spoilers pre-show. We do talk about Confess Fletch and a whole lot more. You can find that at patreon.com slash majorspoilers if for some reason the website isn't working correctly. But until next time, we know that you love comics. We do too. And we will talk with you soon. Bad the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such a chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven, it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun be in the Middle East With a gang sign throwing soldier 
What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.